welcome to that Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that Good Good Experience Podcast. Hey guys, welcome along again for another ride on the We've Got That Good Good Experience where related minds talk about related topics and we all just happen to be related. Yo guys, we've got a very, very special show lined up for you guys today. It's our jazz episode, but before we get into that, we got to go do our Lady Mo moment with First Lady Amanda Marcus of Freedom Church of Albany, Georgia. And without further ado, let's go to our Lady Mo moment. Take it away, sis. Hello, Good Good family. This is Lady Marcus of Freedom Church of Albany, and this is your Lady Mo moment. One of my aunt's favorite scriptures was, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Throughout her life, we saw her definitely exemplify this scripture. When her times were hard, she rejoiced. When she was sick, she rejoiced. When her money was a little funny, she rejoiced. To rejoice means to show great joy or delight. So people of God, I admonish you to rejoice in the Lord. Be of good courage. Delight yourself in Him, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This is your Lady Mo moment. Now back to Marcus, Byron, and Kim for that good, good experience. And welcome back. Thank you so much, sis, for that inspirational moment. Again, we want to thank you guys for, for being along with the ride. I'm Marcus Moses, and there is no way right, that we can do this podcast without my cousin co-host, the queen of sound, Miss Kimmy Brown. How you doing? Marcus, darling. What's happening, good, good people? Beautiful day oh, today. Yeah, I think good is the magic word, just like Pee Wee's Playhouse. So whenever <laughs> you hear <laughs> hold that thought. And we definitely can't do this podcast without my cousin co-host, Mr. Byron Bino Brown. What's good, good, my man? What's good, Marcus? And good morning, Kimmy. Let's get this party started right now. I mean, right now. Let's do it. Hey, guys. Hey, we got a special show lined up for you guys today. This is our jazz episode, and we got a very special guest who we'll bring on in just a second. However, we're going to do our good, good segment right now. We don't have much to talk about as far as the good, good, other than we got one announcement. And that is on April 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia, the Black Podcast Festival will be taking place, hosted by Charlamagne the God of the Breakfast Club and comedian Jess Hilarious. Uh, guys, you something that you don't want to miss. And the, we've got the Good Good Experience podcast. We'll be in the building right, for the Black Podcast Festival. So, hey, so get ready. Get ready to check it out again. April 22nd. Tickets are on sale right now guys and also don't forget to like us on the we've got the good good experience facebook page and also for guys in bainbridge georgia don't forget that we've got the good good experience radio show every saturday at 1 p.m so guys again without further ado this is our jazz episode we're counting on our favorite jazz songs and we got a very special guest our guest hails from Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Richmond, Virginia. She currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia. She began her love affair with music and the company at an early age. She had the privilege of studying under Tuscan Jasper and Bob Ransom. She received her bachelor's of music from Hampton University and has received a professional certification as far as producing for film and TV from Berkeley College of Music. She's been featured in several independent films, including Joy Road, Every Scar and Dimple and Break, Fast, and she's an avid jazz student and lover. She's been influenced by such as Freddie Hubbard, Miles Davis, 
Roy Hargrove, Terrence Blackshirt, Clora Bryant, as long as others. And the list goes on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, the only podcast she could probably be on is this one because her name. Hey, welcome to the Good Good Podcast, Miss Tiffany Good. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I had to be on the Good Good Podcast. And I saw the name. I said, oh, that's meant for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the place for you. And just so y'all know, part of the reason she is here also is that we used to work together at Turner Broadcasting many, many moons ago. And once I saw that she had an album out a while ago, I said, we must have her. We must have her on the show. So much. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, it's Tiffany, I tried to go through some of the tidbits that I got online. I don't think they do you any justice. So, in your own words, tell us who Tiffany Good is, please. Ooh, in my own words, I think the first thing I always think of is I'm a mother. I am a musician. I am a uh, believer in God, and I am a believer in all things are possible. From Richmond, Virginia, so. Uh, Virginia grown, you know, transplanted to Atlanta in 2000. I've been a musician since I was 10. So I started in third grade and I have been ever since. So I went to Hampton, as you said, and I, you know, just pursued music my whole time. Even at Turner, I was still doing music on the side. And then once I was laid off from Turner, in 2015, December 31st, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we remember them dates. <laughs> 700 people mixed. After I did that, you know, God gave me a moment where I had a nice little severance for a minute to say, you know, you have a moment right now to figure out is this what you want to do? You're probably about a little less than halfway through this race for the next part of your your life. Is, do you still want to do what you're doing right now? And, you know, I thought about it and I said, no, I want to go back and do my passion. So that's me. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that is like one of the positive things about, not really positive, but even though we had that experience at Turner Broadcasting and it was kind of like college 2.0 because of the atmosphere, wasn't it? <laughs> but after that time ended that was time to reflect it was it really was and and start thinking about what is it that I really want to do what is my passion and where does my heart really belong and I think you picked the right thing honey (laughs) so I'm sorry no you're I wanted to ask, you say you've been a musician since you were in the like, third grade, correct? Yeah. Now, was it the trumpet that you were drawn to first? Or did you have like one of those play keyboards like we all had? One of those little Yamahas or something? And you just started <laughs> tapping, you know. What was the first instrument that you fell in love with? That's so funny. So, you know, and I always get this, there's this question. And so it's an interesting little story. And I'll try to keep it as as quick as possible. So I always tell people that I didn't choose the trumpet. The trumpet chose me because so 10 years old, nine ish, 10 ish. I'm, I'm somewhere in there at the time. And it was the summertime and my dad comes home and my dad down the street was if you're from Virginia, you know, that they had a little liquor house, right. Where he, they would frequent, they would drink, they would play cards and they would also, what would happen there is a, a good deal of bartering. So one night my dad comes. So so it wasn't it wasn't uncommon for my dad to come home with anything, right? My dad could come home with you know some steaks, a TV. Who knew? You know what I mean? Dad come home, <laughs> you know something had happened. So this particular night he comes home with a trumpet and he says, "It's me and my brother. I have an older brother. I actually have two older brothers and three older sisters, but but 
the other ones are much older. So my older brother who lived in the house with me at the time, we're there. And he says, who wants to play this trumpet? And I said, I want to play it, dad. John gets everything. I want to play the trumpet. And and that's kind of how the whole thing began. So then right after that, my uh, I wasn't supposed to, this is kind of how God works. I wasn't supposed to start trumpet to fourth grade. That was the rule for elementary school. And but But my mom was cute. The principal thought she was cute. So she asked, he said, mm-hmm. yes. And so here I am, my third grade year. And that's a, it was a rusty old trumpet, like not like, like it had been beat up really, really bad. And so they had put the little trumpet in a brown paper bag, curled it on up. And here I am heading to school, walking my three blocks to my school for my first day in band, uh, which I was super excited about. Of course, my band director at the time looked at it and was like, who gave you this horn anyway? So he, <laughs> I ever played that horn, to be honest. After that, he gave me a mouthpiece to start on. And then I think my cousin gave me a horn. I, I think I played it on horn a couple times. We played on it that night when my dad brought it home, trying to see who could make a sound. So it was, it was, that's how, that's how the, that's how the, the, the journey began, if you will. Wow. Now, fast forwarding into your college days. Now, what, yeah. what did those days look like for you with music? Uh, yeah, so I was a music band scholarship recipient. So I like to say I just sold my soul to the to, to music. So I was in every band known to man. I was in the symphonic winds, the concert band, the marching band, the jazz band, any little fusion band. I was in them all. So it was a great deal of fun. Like I think Hampton University, shout out Hampton, Lord, was like definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. But the music part of it and, and learning, and I just talked to one of my music brothers this morning who plays trumpet, who's who's very popular and dope, but in the Hampton Roads really everywhere, but really learned and got myself grounded in kind of my music family outside of high school. And those people who I really kind of carry on with even today, encourage, we can encourage each other and talk about, I see you, you know, all of that. Big shouts to Hampton because my twin brother went there. He was probably there the same time you were there. That's why so familiar though. And I was like, God. He was the mascot for years, Myron Brown. He was the mascot during the football seasons. I know your brother. And I kept looking at you like, God, he looks familiar. But I was like, Tim, stop. But that's why. Okay. Yeah. Small world. See. Small <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering if Byron was going to address the elephant in the room. I was just waiting on it because I was just sitting those by like Byron. Please ask about your brother because your brother went to Hampton. You right. might know. <laughs> yeah. oh, and I would ask him. I would. I would reach out to him today and ask him about you. Oh, no, we, yes, we absolutely know each other. I was looking at you like God, please. Yeah. Like, Tell me. Yeah. Like, you look like him. You know. <laughs> Well, the That's twins, right. you know, they may have something to do with it. <laughs> right, right. Hey, so, so Tiff, as you kind of just uh, began to cultivate your gift, what was it that drove you to try to be like, look, I got this trumpet, I'm learning, I'm playing. What made you decide to like, hey, you know, I want to take this thing to the next level and begin to make your own music, you know, things of that nature? Good question. So I started gigging at like around 13. So my my high school band director really saw something in me and wanted to grow it in me. And so this is kind of how the love for jazz and stuff kind of started, right? Because he took me under his wing. He was a big guy in Richmond. So fast forward, you know, I'm doing kind of back uh, behind scenes stuff. I'm doing stuff for TV and film and, and just, you know, helping some friends out and blah, blah, blah. But still working at Turner, still doing my thing, though. 
And so everything happened with the with the me being let go. And so I had been recording music, funny enough. So I was in the all-female reggae band for a while. And mm. uh, we were recording as well. And I had been recording music before them. So I was showing them kind of some of the stuff I had done. And we were listening to music and blah, blah, blah. And so when COVID hit and we were quarantined and everybody was taking a break from each other for a sec, my brother said, you know, now would be a great time for maybe you to go ahead and release your album. It was interesting that he called it that because I had never looked at my body of work as such. I just looked at like, yeah, I'm over here recording. It's fun. But I liked what I was recording. And at the time, Bandcamp was doing this whole little promo thing and all that. And so I was like, okay. And I had already done stuff for music and film. So I thought I was, you know, pretty good. I thought, you know, you, you good enough. You good. And so I decided, well, you know what? Because you're nervous. You know, your music is your baby. You don't want nobody to tell your baby ugly. So you're like, okay. I'm going to release just a single and see how people react to it. And so I, do people like it? Are they like, girl, stop. Don't quit your day job type of vibes. What is it, right? So I did that, even though that should not be the reason why you create music or do anything. It's not because of anybody else. Do it because you want to do it. But anyway, I released it. And it had really good response. And so then I went ahead and put together the rest of the music that I had put together. Well, not even all of it. I, I chose some songs. And released my first project today was a good day in 2020. And that's how that started. So then I released three projects, one every year. So 2020, 2021, 2022. So 2021, I released Intergalactic. And mm-hmm. 2022, I, I released 1217, which is my birthday. So we got one coming this year then. So Every after- year. That's so <laughs> oh, we expect new music. And I was like, you know what? So I typically move as I feel like, like I feel motivated to mm-hmm. make music. Then I'll be like, okay. And then when I do that, it typically comes out relatively quickly. And so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm starting to be moved. <laughs> <laughs> when the spirit moves you, fall. you move. Yeah. Right. Like, let's say fall, winter this year. Not- mm-hmm. Sounds good. Now, today was a good day. Was that a play on the Ice Cube song or was that a play on your name? It was both. Mm. It was both. It was both. It was a play on the Ice Cube song. So if you hear it or when you listen to the song, I don't know if I even submitted that song, but when you listen to that song, you'll hear the horn. And a lot of times I do a mimic of what I'm hearing vocally. So the horn is saying, Today was a good day. And you can kind of hear it. Some people tell me too. They're like, I can hear that today uh, Today was a good day. I was like, good, good. That's <laughs> So yeah, it was a play on both. It was that and it was good because good is spelled with the E. Always. Always, always. And it, again, it's, it's so good to have you on, on our podcast today. This is going to be a great show to say the least. Today's um, going to be a good, good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. good, good day. Yeah. <laughs> But we want to definitely get into some of your music and some of your picks as well as our picks. And yes. so, so Tiffany, if you don't mind, let's get into it. What you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. Where we starting first, Kim? First off, we're going to start with Do You Love Me by Tiffany Good. All right. All right.
See, I'm oh. a house head, so that was right up my alley, by the way. I loved it. As soon as I heard it, I thought Byron, you Byron. Byron. say that, man. <laughs> Byron, that, 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 was, that was for you, buddy. <laughs> your house head, come on, you know. You went to college. No way you didn't love house, but it loved it beforehand. So I do a lot of fusion, jazz fusion. So I fuse with house or go-go for sure. Um, mm. uh, reggae, anything that inspired me, hip-hop course r&b but probably least exciting for me is r&b i'd rather do house or or something like that or reggae i love reggae reggae who did you work with on that track that was me i did everything on that track wow okay yeah yeah i mean the do you love me is a sample but mm -hmm, wow Wow. Mm -hmm. do you have a a favorite house artist do i have a favorite house artist i'm better at the song than the artist so i like hot music i like Mm -hmm. um, okay soho Mm -hmm. Power Joy. Uh, follow me. But I know like the, the songs that I love the most. Let me see. Oh, y'all know hot music. Who was hot music? Power Joy. Okay. He was under the moniker of uh, Soho, but it's Power Joy. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. Okay. Let me see what else I love. I mean, really, I mean, I just love, I love the period. You know, all of them to me, like whether or not you have a reggae or house or go-go, to me, I look at them like tribal music. Mm, like yeah. Africa, whatever, right? When you go to tribes and they have different drum rhythms for their particular tribe that kind of defines them. I feel like that's what these genres of music are. They're kind of like if you went into a particular area and you started your own music go-go from scratch or whatever, what would that sound like? And it's it's there. It's the, like the DMV calling card, you know? Mm. You know that, you know, that you're in that tribe of people at this point, you know? Same with house, you know, you're in kind of Chicago, whatever, you know what I mean? And, you know, mm-hmm. and we love right. it. We- I've right. always said that music is a universal language. And once you tap into that, you can go anywhere. So... I could see you working with different producers, like some of the OGs in house music, maybe as a sessions uh, or featured instrumentalist on maybe remixes, maybe your yeah. own stuff, uh, their projects, all of that. So I could yeah. see you going so many places. Come on. Yes. From your mouth to God's ears, we're going to make that happen. Yes. It's already done, honey. We will be there done. for it. <laughs> What's next, Kim? All right, we're going to keep it moving with some more of the good, good with Tiffany Good with Forward Movement. Yes. I was going to say school days. Yeah, uh, that too. I can hear that, that too. too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I was going to say school days. And Tiffany, just wanted to ask, we could definitely hear you in the forefront, but us having musical ears, you can also hear the bass and the piano being played in the background. Now, who are those gentlemen or, or gentlewomen on the bass and the piano in that track? So everything else is me. The piano, though, is Vanessa McLaughlin. She goes by Planet Venus as her stage name. And so this was actually my first single. So this was my first one I put out, was Forward mm-hmm. Movement. And I came up with the, that came into my head. And if you are a musician, you just voice record it real quick, because we'll lose it. So I, I voice recorded, I came back and recorded kind of everything else. And Vanessa had come over one day, because I have a small studio here, clearly right over here, because I wanted, <laughs> anyway, I played it for her. And she was like, oh, and she was like, let me put some keys on it. And so... That's forward movement. Yep, that's how I was born. That, and that's you on bass as well? Yeah, I'm playing it on keys, but it is ah. bass. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. okay. It's, it actually sounds like a, a natural double bass. That's, that's me. It's, come on yeah. up. You did <laughs> yeah. that. That was good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> come on <now. laughs> So you just said you hear it in your head. Are there times when you're asleep and you hear a sound in your head and then you get up and record it? Does that ever happen? Not in my, well, if, if it does happen in my sleep, then I'm just going to turn over and press my, my record thing on my phone and sing it real quick. So I'm sure that's probably happened at some point. Most of the time when I am getting some sort of, of sound or, or some sort of theme or whatever, I'm in my car a lot of times, to be honest. There are oftentimes I will be in my car and I won't have anything on, like, you know, no, no music, anything. I just like to drive in silence because we don't do that enough anymore. Jesus. And so when I do that... <laughs> A lot of that's times, inspiration, driving around looking at things, and then something will pop in my mind. I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool. That's catchy. I like that." Let me da da da. A big influence for that song was actually Miles Davis' "All Blues," mm-hmm. um, which I love to death. And then, but to y'all's credit, a huge influence on me was Spike Lee movies. I love their scores, Omo Better Blues score, um, mm-hmm. and it was very influential for me that movie. And Terrence Blanchard, who plays trumpet. For Miles Davis and all of his movies, all of the trumpet is always Terrence Blanchard. All right, all right. Tiffany, do you find yourself not listening to a lot of other music just because you want to keep your your thoughts and ideas pure, or do you find influences just through listening to other people's music? Oh, I definitely listen to all music. I am getting to that age. I have a seventeen year old, so I'm like, what is this that y'all are listening to? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but. But I do. I listen to, I don't listen to the radio much. As we were just talking about, like, the radio just is like, you know, like. Playing the same thing over and over. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm dying here. But if I listen <laughs> to it on, you know, my seagull or I'll put on. Oh, my seagull. Uh, we've talking, right, we been talking about him. Love him. I love him. And he's Hampton <laughs> Rose. He's a Virginia. Go, Virginia. But um, <laughs> I'll listen to, but I'll listen to like R&B and stuff like that. I just can't do the the, the radio stuff. And, and it, it does inspire me. Some of it does. Some of it's very, 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 very beautiful. Like, you know, some of it is like, you know, very radio-y to me. Mm-hmm. But some of it is very, very like, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Because so I think state, everything. So the state of R&B, in your opinion, is... R&B, not dead, but has it turned into this bastardization of what it used to be? So, so it's what a slippery slope, right? So I wouldn't say that. Let me say how I would put this, because I think the same about jazz. And I think people would say the same about jazz, right? That that if you are Wynton Marcellus, who believes in traditional 
straight ahead jazz and you listen to what my seagull is doing and you're saying what is this right this is not you know this is not you know traditional straight ahead jazz so i think everything has its place in space right and so as r&b shifts to whatever it's supposed to grow into right there will still be its purest and there'll still be artists who operate in its purest form right so you'll always i still think be able to get what you want as it does what it should do which is evolve, right? And so the same for jazz, like what it should do is it should always evolve. That's one of the things that Miles Davis always said was that if I come, if I died and I came back and jazz sounded the same way that it sounded when I left, like he would be very, very disappointed. You know, that's the, a paraphrase of it, right? <laughs> and I'm sure that's not the Makes word, sense. but he would be disappointed in that. So, so no, I don't think it's bastardized. I feel like it, it has grown as it should and that, you know, We'll see what happens next. <laughs> well, uh, along the lines of instrumental music, because that's that's your specialty. I know back in the day when some of these artists were pioneering and breaking grounds and stuff like that. How do you feel that that landscape, how do you navigate that landscape now since there are so many musicians out there? What does that look like for you as far as navigating it? Say that again. How do I navigate the landscape of being an instrumental artist? As an instrumental artist... And especially in jazz, because that's heavily influenced by instrumental music without vocals and stuff like that. But there's so many artists, so many musicians out there, so many different avenues you can you can, I guess, yeah. walk down. So how do you how do you navigate through that? What's yeah. your vision? Or I, I guess the the question is how what kind of path have you carved for yourself? Or what do you what, which path do you see yourself walking down? You know, it's interesting too. I think when I was younger, and I think most musicians or people, artists, when you're younger, you know, of course, you listen to people and you blah, 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 and you start to kind of mimic them and then to find your own voice and blah, 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 right? And I think a lot of times artists get kind of stuck in that place of between trying to find your own voice and and kind of what you're you're taught. What I tried my best to do, honestly, and it's it's worked good for me, is to just be authentically me and whatever that means in that, you know, season and moment when it comes to playing. And so, you know, there was, of course, like I said, a season where l- let me try to sound like this person. But now it's really, OK, Tiffany, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to convey to people? So I think I carved my lane through that, through when, when I don't I don't when I when I tell people when they're coming to see the Good Stuff Experience, my band, when they're coming to see us, you know, I let them know like they they always walk away like, OK, th- that was real cool because it's very it's jazzy, but it's very it's an experience a real field between the lighting and, and the visuals and all of that. It's a it's a real thing. So, yeah, I try to keep myself and carve my lane through staying true to my vision of what things are as far as what does jazz sound like to me? How do I stay authentic to myself and my tone and my represent myself well? And then what visually, because really I see music and visuals simultaneously. So what visually I'm trying to convey as well. Okay. Thanks. All right. mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? Next up, we're going to stay on the Tiffany train with Sagittarius. Mm.
envision myself on the beach sipping a Mai Tai. <laughs> <laughs> I envision myself flying a kite. I, yeah, I, I just a, I can hear I can yeah I can hear the winds I can hear the the, the leaves rustling through the trees I know I'm sounding like what's my man's name is Jazz I or, he's a dream rainbow <laughs> <laughs> what's the guy what a wonderful world what a wonderful world yeah 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 see I envision myself walking through a forest. So it's kind of interesting that you all, you know what? And, and the beautiful part about that, what you guys are saying is exactly what I want to achieve with my music. So y'all wow. just made, okay. Okay. Y'all made wow. my heart moon right now is that when I, when I do my shows, like my live shows, I tell people come and teleport with me because mm. I want you to go and get your downloads and everything. Like I had people come up to me after my last show. I just did a show last Sunday sold out amen thank you yes Lord. congratulations congratulations but i had people come up to me afterwards and say i have to tell you about what came to me during your show and that's mm-hmm. that's exactly what i want to me that's where the healing and the beauty occurs is that it's not about watching me necessarily even though i want you to watch me but it's also about you becoming part of the experience so that one that song in particular is a song that i dedicate to my mom she's a sad i mean i'm a sagittarius she's an aries so the song is name is sagitt's aries us and yeah wow. so it, that's my song for my mama wow I mean, that's the the beautiful thing about music. It can be so healing and open you up to receive those downloads or those messages. And, and that's the beautiful thing about music in general. And that, that means that you're doing the good, good thing, honey. You're doing it. <laughs> that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. So when you come up with the names of these songs, what do you look to? What, do you, what is your inspiration for the names of a lot of these songs? I need to talk about like I kind of was saying that when I make them, a visual comes along with it, like in my mind, like how you guys see something, I see something. And based on what I see is how I kind of name the song. Oftentimes, sometimes that doesn't happen. Like this was a song for my mom and, and it, and, and it kind of gave me the whole like ethereal feel. So, you know, it felt good to, and me and my mom both fire signs. Like it was, so it felt right for that to be the name of it. But then for a lot of them, like forward movement, it's also dependent upon where I'm at in time at that point, too. So for forward movement, it was all about putting one foot in front of the other. It's COVID. It's all of that. So at the time, what I was seeing and being inspired was was by just moving forward. Forward movement at the time for me, putting that song out and being so nervous to do it like this. It was a true do it scared moment. Like Just do it. It, it personified that, hey, man, just just move forward. Just go. God yeah. got you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So so Tiffany, did you come from a musically inclined family or was this just something that was God given? Yeah, no, my family, I used to ask people too, like, does anybody here play music? Like <laughs> I'm not talking about the, the cassette player or the or the record player. Anybody play? So no, no, it was just me. So mm-mm, mm-mm, not a single soul. Yeah. So it begins wow. with you. <laughs> yeah, so Later on, I found that a cousin of mine plays piano. I would have never known it because he was an older, 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 older. I should have made it seem that old. But. <laughs> so, you know, he hung out with my dad and stuff. So every now, you know, it was like one day my dad was like, you know, uh, such and such, you know, he played keys, you know. Okay. None, of <laughs> None of those moments. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, how yeah. have you, I guess, passed this on to your child? Has your child been influenced? 
He has been. He has been, actually. Okay, yeah. I was going to be like, no, but no, he has been. Okay, so he played trumpet. He did. He played his school mandated. He played an instrument. So I said, you know, son, you know, we are not short of in this house. Trumpets. So you're going to grab one of them here trumpets. It's not mine. And you're going to take it on school. So he played trumpet. He was really good at it. And he didn't even really practice like that. And I was like, if you just practice, boy, you'd be something. But he came to me and was like, I don't think I want to play trumpet. And I was like, and I've never been a person to be like, you're going to play this trumpet. You know, it wasn't no, no, no bleak gilliam. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that. So, but my brother is also a DJ and I, you know, my undergrad is in audio engineering. So he has taken more to the technology side. So he DJs, he DJs professionally, like he makes money, like go boy. Yes. So DJs professionally and he is interested in doing more of the production side of it. So that's how it's. All right. All right. What's next, Joe? Next up, one more uh Tiffany's melodious music with movement one. You know what? It, it's, the, wah, it's, wah. The <laughs> it's the mute on it. That's that's that right. He used the, what's called a Harmon mute. I'm looking at it over here, but a Harmon mute. That that big thing that's at the end of the um. Trumpet. I call it the wah wah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so he used the Harmon mute a lot, and it and and that's why it it makes you you know think of 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 Miles. But Miles, I mean, we definitely. I mean, you can't be a trumpet player and not study Miles. Oh my gosh! So when that music was when that song was playing. My windows, my blinds are wide open. So I was looking right up at the, the sky and this, the clouds are just moving. And I was literally transported there. It felt like I was just flying in the, in the clouds. Yeah, Byron, Byron, I was checking you out, man. It's like you were stuck. You thought you were about to just go, oh. I was like, I, I was just so fixated. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. But yeah, um, Tiffany, I'm just curious. Um, in your music, when do you decide I want to use a mute with this particular material? You know, it's just uh, when I'm coming up with the song, you know, it's just like, oh, this was, let me try this with a mute. Let me see how this would sound with a mute. And then depending on how I like it, it's, it's kind of how I go forward with it or not. So forward movement had a mute too, but it had a, um, a cup mute. And this one uses the Harmon and the Harmon always gives you that kind of very Miles Davis-y, jazzy sound. Moody. It's uh, like, just depend on the texture, the texture I want. Mm-hmm. Blue yeah. light. I call it the blue light room sound. 
Come on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Right. I love every time y'all tell me a story of what you see, I love it because that's exactly what I'm trying to create. That that makes me feel you I don't even understand how that makes me over the moon right now because I'm I'm achieving what I want to achieve. So I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want people to say. You're yeah. like a focus group. <laughs> We're your focus focus group. Good, good focus group, yes. Yeah. So so you got a track called Forward Movement and Movement One. Now, how did you come up with the name Movement One on this track? So Movement One also features Planet Venus on keys. That's again, again so shout out. This was the, to me, foundation if you will right so movement one this was the first i felt like this this set kind of the precedence of of who i was or who i am it's very straight ahead jazzy to me like it does go back to a miles davisy type of feel of a slow song very straight ahead jazz if you will not fusion anything like that it's a jazz song and so yeah i thought it set the mood definitely set the mood definitely 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 what's next kim so we're going to go into some of Tiffany's favorites and all of our favorites. And we're going to start yeah. off with Chuck Mangione. Feel so good. Come on. Come on, Chuck. Good is a 1977 jazz album released by Chuck Mangione. It contains his hit single, the title song Feels So Good, which in an edited form reached number four on the U.S. charts. The song also reached the top of the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. It was also frequently referenced on the animated television comedy King of the Hill, in which Mangione had a recurring voice role as himself. Well, I'll say this. Tiffany, you and I chose this song. You chose it, it was on my list originally, but when I saw that you had chosen, I was like, oh, okay, well, let me choose something else. And you chose the live version. So what about the live version? I Listen, if I'm going to choose any song, most than likely, <laughs> if there's a live version that exists, that's the one I'm going to choose. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I Erica Badu has a quote that says, like, when you record a song, it's perfecting a moment. And when you play a song live, it's creating a moment. And so I love to listen to the creation of a moment. So I love that. So also, this was one of my first albums that I bought, right? So, uh, or I didn't buy it. My brother bought it. But we went to the to the Peaches record store and they had the double album of Chuck Mangione live at the Hollywood Bowl. It was mm. my first like album type of thing. And so I, and my, my trumpet instructor, my jazz band instructor, he loved certain people. Chuck was one of them. Chuck, 
Freddie Hubbard, Miles Davis. Those three were like, you know, huge for him. There were some other ones, but those three come to mind. And so, yes, I love Chuck. And he's playing flugel, which I also play a flugel, which is like a, a, a bigger version of a trumpet. It's a rounder sound. So it doesn't sound as trumpet sound very masculine is what I say. And, and flugel sound very kind of, you know, roundish trumpets are like, ka, ka, ka. so so I love that Chuck. I love all the stuff to check that. So check out that album, y'all. Live at the Hollywood Bowl. If you want to be sitting around, like, looking out at the window, <laughs> that's that album. You'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Right? It's, it's it, beautiful. It, so, Tiffany, is there, like, a dream collaboration that you would like to do in the future uh, with a particular person? And I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be jazz. Just anybody, an R&B artist, hip-hop artist, is there any type of particular collaboration you want to do? I would love to. I had to think for two seconds. I was like, oh, come on. What are you thinking about? If I were to collaborate with anyone, I would love to create uh, collaborate with Michelle and Decky Ocello, mm. who is absolutely Good my one. I can totally hear that. Oh my God. You 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 wanna see me die the next day? Like that would be my thing. I would be like, Oh my God. You know, like I think she is tremendous artist, a tremendous musician. And my lord, I've I've had the opportunity to meet her. Mm-hmm. But woo, I would love that. We have Trumpet. to compare some stories, Tiffany, because I, I met her and hung out with her once before when she yeah. was here in DC and it was it was a very interesting yet fun and intriguing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her in London, and afterwards, it's a very different experience to go into a concert in London in a little, like, pub. Like, afterwards, they're very chill. Like, they're not like, and whisk me away. They're, like, kicking it. So we sat and talked for a while, and it was, it was, it was very cool. She actually was telling me why she wasn't, at that time, coming back to Atlanta. You know, I was like, no, you do. You have to come back. But, yeah, at the time, she was over Atlanta. <laughs> I knew why, though. Oh, I don't know why. But- I'll fight. As I was going to say, I could totally hear your trumpet and her voice together. That would be just mo- the most melodious thing. To, I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. And her bass. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. Like, that would be. Oh, my gosh. Really? Really? Nobody else? Um, She would be number one. Uh, Going down that same kind of track a little bit would be Esperanza Spaulding. Mm. Robert, Robert Wouldn't that be an interesting band? Michelle and Diego Orcello, Tiffany Esperanza. That would yeah. that would that would be, and you would be, be the good experience, the good good experience <laughs> yeah. under the good good media group. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Everybody eat. Let's everybody eat. That's what I'm about that. Okay, everybody. Can, can I ask this question before we move on, though, uh, Tiffany? So when when it comes to musicians, especially horn players, yeah, this is in my mind. Your voice translates through the horn or through, through that instrument to where it sounds unique. Yeah. You, you apply your sound. Would you agree that that's a, an evolution of an artist or a musician that they somehow their voice, maybe it's how you blow that air through that horn or that instrument or how you hit those keys to where it's a signature sound and it stands alone to where you're easily recognized outside of all of the musicians? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, that that's what everybody's, goal and hope is to right like for me uh even after this last show I'm, I'm probably most critical i swear to you oh on myself than anybody on earth so but i just listened to the last show and i'm like oh yeah there were great parts but then on the parts i don't like but one of the things that i've recognized too is that 
I was going back and forth and whether I was going to bring my foot pedal, which does effects. And I was like, but I really do like the sound of this venue. And the next time I'm going to definitely bring my foot pedal just because it does have a, it makes a signature kind of uh, sound for me. I like, I like to be able to go into a deep echo space from time to time and then come back to a regular place. So yeah, I think everybody looks for that. And you know, Miles Davis talks a lot about that as well. Like, you know, when he first got to New York and he's, he's, chasing behind Dizzy and he is like they're playing me out of the building he was like but he recognized that what he had that they didn't have was his sound and so he wasn't worried about trying to do all the dancing that you know saxophonists and stuff can do he was like what I know I have is a beautiful simple sound so I think everybody looks to try to find like what's that thing that makes me different that makes me special and really you know that's when I say just be authentic to who you are. Like if you're authentic to who you are, then you're gonna find that special thing. Ooh, spot on. Love it. What's next, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> next up is Miles Davis round midnight. Mm. <laughs> is an album by jazz trumpeter Miles Davis that was originally released on Columbia Records in 1957 and this was his first album with Columbia. Oh, that just took me away. <laughs> it, it did. And, and Tiffany, I just wanted to ask, as a fellow trumpeter, when you listen to this particular song and if you can get into the head of Miles Davis at the time. What do you think he was thinking when he made this song? So, you know, going into kind of just, you know, the name and everything of the song, and, and if you've heard the vocals of it, we just did a crazy version of this the other night. You know, jazz is a total thing, like a total feel, total community environment, the whole thing. So when he's talking about kind of like around midnight and the things that's going on, to me, I picture jazz clubs, everything that's happening in it, like just if you were to put everything on mute and be able just to, or have white noise and just be able to kind of just, per, you know, just be a watcher. I'm a watcher. I'm a watcher. Any place I go and just watch it and just watch it play out. I think that's what it is. It, it, it's just telling the story of a, of an evening, a typical for me, kind of jazz evening. That's what it does for me. Around midnight is everything has a small story, but around midnight is when my mentor, chooses a trumpet player he always teaches them around midnight it's his favorite song so it's a it's one of the first jazz songs that i learned so it has a special place in my heart towards that particular mentor and for some reason kind of my male mentors in general yeah i could totally see you at the city winery doing tiffany good plays miles davis all mm. night i could totally see that <laughs> mm. 
And people yeah. give me that all the time. They like are like you're very Miles Davisy, and and it's not. And it's interesting because Miles isn't even my favorite favorite. Like I love Miles. Come on, you cannot play trumpet and not love Miles. But Freddie Hubbard's my favorite favorite. And so it's interesting when people are like you really give me Miles Davis. Said, That's really interesting because I've. I don't I don't feel like I'm I'm a student student of Miles. You know, like there are people who would be like, you know, tell me about the Columbia years. What about the Bebop? What about the <laughs> Oh yeah. And I'm like, listen, we're not getting that deep. But I loved Miles. I love his playing and I love Miles' mind. His mind was ridiculous. Wow. Wow. So let me ask you this. What made Miles so different from all the other jazz artists? Miles Davis? Yes. He would say based on interviews and I have his bio and all that he would say that really what what differentiated him he felt like was that he discovered his sound that he decided that he didn't want to be like I said the dizzies and all that and try to replicate them or, or keep up with them but in 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 regards to probably him as musicians do we go home we just beat up on ourselves like oh that was horrible you're that oh you know other people like that was great you're like yeah um <laughs> Thank you. I think in regards to that, he, he was like, this isn't working for me. And what made him different was that he believed in a couple things, let me say. So he believed in definitely finding your own sound. He believed there was no such thing necessarily as a wrong note. He He's like, it's not the note that you hit that's wrong. It's how you resolve it. That's what he believed. He also believed if you're going to, he, he would tell his players, look, if you're going to do something wrong, be confident. People don't know it's wrong unless you let them know it's wrong. So if you're going to play... And you're going to play it wrong, be confident. Matter of fact, if you hit a wrong note, hit the note twice. <laughs> you know? If it's they don't know. That <laughs> I adore that more than, even more than his playing. His playing is, is, you know, magnificent. But what he would tell his players in order to get them out of their shell and have them really live in the moment and fall into that versus being meticulous about the, this is an A, you know, whatever, flat seven, diminished, whatever, instead of going into all of that in order to help them get free. Absolutely, absolutely. What's next, Kim? Yeah, keep on with some Miles Davis. And this one was Straight No Chaser. Straight No Yes, yes, it was. That was exactly what I was doing over here while I was being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great Miles Davis with Straight No Chaser, excuse me, Straight No Chaser yeah. uh, from the 1958 album Milestones featuring Miles Davis on the trumpet and, and others along with the one and only Mr. John Coltrane on the tenor saxophone. And when I listen to this, thank you, welcome, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think of this, I think of Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show. That's all what I was going to say. 
Hey, <laughs> we're all this is a great episode. We're all in sync right here. This is definitely a Bill Cosby's type of music. What did you think about it, Tiffany? Oh, come on. Straight No Chases there. Milestones, that album is great. Milestones, the song, is, is one that we used to do a lot, too. Yeah, and, and it's funny you would say, Bill, because definitely on the Cosby Show, I love that he he raised up or put jazz on a pedestal in his home and always played and, you know, was you know doing his thing to it. Yeah. But I, I love, I mean, there's nothing that you could play from Miles that, that I would not adore. So, and, and Milestones, the album itself, the entire album is a really, really good album. Absolutely. Byron, Kim, what y'all think? Like I said, that was a foot tapper. I love upbeat music, as you can tell, but I, I love instrumentation. When they get into the, the very intricate runs, I'm a musician as well. You know, I played flute and oboe and all that stuff. And it was always exciting to get into those intricate runs and just get crazy with that. So that always intrigues me. Mm. That's just my attention. And like we said before, you could just envision Bill Cosby just dancing around as this is playing and just knowing that Miles Davis reached back to John Coltrane and brought him along with him on this beautiful rendition. And, and it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I'm over here acting so goofy because when you said Bill Cosby <laughs> dancing around, I thought about it. I know. <laughs> His intro, you know, he does a little With his dance. sweater. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it makes you happy though over, it overall it, it's, it's just a very upbeat song and you just want to just tap and shimmy yeah <laughs> yes tap and tap, shimmy tap <laughs> yeah so let's tap and shimmy what's next kim ah <laughs> uh, so since she mentioned freddie hubbard let's go on to red clay mm. all right my fave <laughs> Really? From that? (laughs) (laughs) But Red Clay is album recorded in 1970 by jazz trumpeter Freddie Hubbard. It was his first album on Creed Taylor CTI label and marked a shift toward the soul jazz fusion. Could you feel the funk in that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it entered at number 20 on Billboard's Top 20 best-selling jazz LPs on June 20th, 1970. Mm. But it was so funky. I, I love that. Yeah, it was funky. And I'm thinking about the, the title, Red Clay, because me growing up in South Georgia. Oh, uh, yeah. Georgia. Of, yeah, a lot of red clay. A lot of getting stuck in the mud. Mm. Uh, to say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so when I hear this, you know, I think of myself and maybe some of my friends or cousins running barefooted through a newly rained red clay road. I oh mean, my God. Yes. And we'd all yeah. be funky. <laughs> 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 and covered in red clay. 
perfect yeah. perfect mm-hmm. i can see that yeah. i did use that i did that song in my last show i did oh, george I would love to hear that and then i did red clay so going from george on my mind into red clay telling that story right really mm-hmm. wow. wow we're just flowing aren't we yeah <laughs> just... it's the good good honey it's a, good, it's good, a vibe good. and sync <laughs> all of that but yeah. I love Freddie. Look, let me just say this about Freddie. Freddie was huge on fusion. Like, I, I almost consider him. And, of course, Miles, when he got to the end, he started doing bebop. But Freddie and that funk fusion, if you don't know Freddie, go check Freddie out. Freddie does it. And also, let me ask you another question. I wasn't a big, I'm going to be honest with you, I really wasn't checking for jazz like I am now. Before, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. Forgive me. He was resistant to it. And I'm like, dude, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> But now I'm like, it's like, it almost became my favorite genre overnight, literally, like literally, because I was listening to some guys like Melvin Jones last night and who does a great job. He's also a trumpeter. Mm-hmm. Um, have you worked with any of those guys? Some of the like the newer generation jazz musicians? I've met Melvin. Melvin and I haven't worked together, but I met Melvin at, oh my gosh, bless me, Lord. City Winery concert, and he was playing back. You know, he was he, he has his 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 brass band, and so they were the 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 backup for the musician who I'm gonna tell you in a minute. Come on now, uh, oh my gosh! Anyway, so and Melvin's tremendous. Melvin is killing it. I was like Melvin, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Melvin is everywhere. Melvin's in Las Vegas at the Usher residency. He's over here helping in Las Vegas with the like Cirque du Soleil thing they got going on. He's over in everybody's award show. I was like, Melvin, Lord, have mercy, Lord. You know, when I grow up, I want to be like you. And it's funny because Melvin has a story where he almost put the trumpet down. I think everyone has a story where you're like, you know, uh, you know, sheesh. You know, but he didn't. He has an interesting story about him not thinking he was good because he was playing on a mouthpiece that wasn't giving the results that he wanted. But then he once he finally shifted mouthpieces, which can be a... When you have a mouthpiece played for a long time, you, you kind of stay there for a while. But he found his voice, and now it's gone. That's what's up. Yeah. What's next, Cam? I'm going to transition into some of the Good Kids' favorite jazz music. And one of my favorites, and Byron's, is Incognito. First, okay. still a friend of mine. from Incognito, Talking Loud and Saying Something, which was released in 1993. And this is more considered acid jazz. And this is featuring singer Mesa. I love me some Incognito. Me and this is, uh, this is not actually my favorite of theirs. With Mesa, my favorite is actually Deep, Deep Waters. <laughs> and, but the only reason I didn't play that one is because we played that not too long ago. So we wanted to mix it up a little bit. So what say you? <laughs> well this this song comes from 
I think one of their most popular albums. I think it was like what their third or fourth album that they released. And I remember it being one of those albums that showcased so many different genres of music. You you had your R and B, you had your jazz, you had your actual house, housey or or dancier type music on this album. And I think this is when people really started to pay attention to Incognito. Even though before they had worked for you know some great artists like Jocelyn Brown and other people like that, this really put them on a map to continue their success that they are still experiencing. Marcus, what did you think? I loved it. It just gives me like just good vibes. But my question was, and I'm going to shoot it to Tiffany real quick. This kind of has like an R&B feel to it, but what separates the song from being R&B and jazz? Oh. So we typically go with kind of this, the, the, the song sound thing, but I think once it becomes kind of more of an instrumental song, I think almost any instrumental song, they try to make jazz, like that's jazz, unless it's like classic, the ones that are, have been shown to be, have been given a genre, classic blues, whatever, whatever. Like I have a friend right now who had a song, who has a song out that I love and it's a, and it's under jazz, but it's really a, like it's an R&B tune. Just he happens to be playing sax, but it's and it's dope. I love it. And he has vocals on it in the whole nine. So, yeah, I think I, it's interesting even that that we, you know, have, of course, we have to break things into sections because that's how our brain works. But sometimes the categorization is very gray, I will mm-hmm. say. I, I think I think that's part of the reason why they called it acid jazz, because it was kind of like a mix. I and I think a lot of. The thing that makes like really good jazz is when it's able to cross over to R&B and to other genres. Exactly. Yeah, so. you're completely yeah. right, Kimmy. When it comes to acid jazz, it is a fusion of like funk, <laughs> rock, disco, all of that stuff. That's why it stands out the way. I had an opportunity to meet Incognito and Mesa and really, really, just oh, really dope mm-hmm. people. Yeah, really dope people. Yeah, I've met Mesa as well. And I saw them actually in, in England in 2019 at this music festival. And I'm trying to remember, Mesa wasn't with them, but it was the collective of other singers that Marnie has worked with over the over the years. But yeah, oh my gosh, amazing, right? Amazing. Amazing right? vibe in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw them perform in Little Five Points in Moods Music in a really intimate, intimate setting. It was beautiful. And of course, Mesa's voice is... It's still just smooth. It's like butter. Yeah. Like beautiful. butter. Like butter. <laughs> yeah. Let my noodle yeah. come out. <laughs> so one more question, Tiffany, before we get on to the next track. You know, you're from Virginia, and there was a lot of talent that came out of Virginia. We talked about collaborations earlier. You know, you think about Missy Elliott, Timberland, Pharrell. Any chance of you collaborating with some of those guys? Oh, oh. I mean, that would be beautiful, right? <laughs> you know, I love me some Missy, honey. <laughs> come on, Missy, come on. Yes, I would love to. Now, who knows? You know, once again, from your lips to God's ears, let's manifest that. But from Missy, of course, who I think, I, I feel all of these people are geniuses. Pharrell, I think, is yes. a genius. Timberland, I think, is a genius. I worked for a short stint of time with Teddy Riley in Virginia when I was living there. Like, you know, of course, he's not a Virginian. He's a New Yorker, but, you know, you know, you know, he was with us. So I feel like all of those those folks, I would love to be able to do something with. Like, what? Any of them. It's cool. Just talk to me for 30 minutes and let me just pull some of that insight out. I'm good with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and we'll just go ahead. and, Like you said, you know, it's going to happen. It's, that, it's, that's already done. it's already, already done. It's already done. That's already done. Yeah. Affirming no, um, it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. We're two or more together. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 That's right. Now, nice this to- isn't exactly my actual favorite incognito. 100 Degrees and Rising mm-hmm. was actually my favorite album. And this is Barumba from that album. Have a whole dance routine to the song. Okay, really? To Barumba? <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> All like right. So song. yes, as Kim mentioned, Barumba is found on the 100 Degrees and Rising CD or album. That's their fifth release. It was released in 1995, and it rose to number two on the U.S. jazz charts. That's how well it performed. Barumba is one of those tracks that you have to have the album to really get into because it was not released as a single per se, but there were some remixes released for it. It was besides of certain, some of their releases. So what did you all think of that, that track? I wanted to be on a beach and I wanted a nice drink in my hand with a thing as I sat. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, I'm doing the salsa, the samba, Mm -hmm. and just getting it in goodness but like byron said that song you had to have the album you had to listen to the whole album from front to end to get all the gems from that album there's a drum and bass remix of this that's so hot Mm. i think it's on the remix album that followed this particular album that came out you all have to check it out okay yeah my wife's out of town so it's gonna be me stella rose black and baruma tonight all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and watch how you're going to you're going to dance marcus you're going to oh my god like, it's going it's i gotta going learn how to salsa <laughs> hey hey get ready marcus you, your list yeah. is going to be longer when we finish oh, it's, it's, it already is man i mean i've oh, got yeah. i gotta I, listen to me stay tuned that's all i gotta say man <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime what's next Kim? all right next up we have stanley jordan mm. the lady in my life mm. oh boy Have a bad day after this episode. How's it possible? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. 
especially when you have music from Stanley Jordan. And I wanted to feature a guitarist. I was torn between George Benson, Stanley Jordan. We had not talked about Stanley Jordan before, so I wanted to bring him out and include him on this. Now, this song, Lady in My Life, is featured on his debut album, Magic Touch, which was released in 1985 on Blue Note Records. All right. Stanley Jordan is a guitarist, as mentioned before. And this song is listed as one of the highlights, among others. You have Freddie Freeloader. You had Round Midnight, A Child is Born, Eleanor Rigby. Those are other highlights on this album. It's such a gem. There's not much charting information on this song, but I do remember it being released as a single because there was a video for it. And you have to check out the video. It's a very deep story. Tiffany, if you don't know, I have not figured out. I love videos. I've watched videos as a child and growing up. That was like my thing. So I was always so drawn into the music videos and the story that was being told. So if you get a chance, watch the music video for Stanley Jordan's Lady in My Life, which is a cover of, of course, Michael Jackson's track. Yeah. What did you all think? That was beautiful. It was it took me back. Mm-hmm. You I know, I hearing that back in the day and yeah. I, I love it. Go ahead. You know, I said I wasn't really checking for jazz earlier, but however, I do love the Hidden Beach Unwrapped albums. Mm-hmm. I love all of those albums. And Tiffany, are you featured on any of those albums or will you be featured? Because I need you on, I, I need you there, you know. You know, and I think, I'm not sure if Hidden Beach is still around, but at the time I was young, I mean, younger. I'm still young. Mike Phillips, who coincidentally is who Melvin Jones was playing behind. There went wow. Mike Phillips. Oh, wow. Winery. Yeah. I know Mike Phillips just started his own label, so he might have a hidden beachish type of feel to it because I, I love those albums. They were very, mm-hmm. they really, I think, ushered in a huge fusion feel, like all their albums. I was like, okay, come on, Hidden Beach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made neo so so great is because it had that jazz feel to it mm-hmm. so i miss hidden beach i hope they are still around Absolutely. and speaking of that i'm going to see jill scott tonight go ahead <laughs> all right <laughs> Most definitely. yes yes what's next kim next up we have the late great al Jiro with roof garden does anyone want more wants in in the garden? Does anyone wanna go dance on the road? All the time, sequence keep it down. Find those stairs, shoot that ball through in the air. It's a popper. Does anyone wanna go wants in in the garden? Does anyone wanna go dance on the Oh my gosh, I feel so goofy right now. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I can listen to Algero all day. As a matter of fact, I can listen to anyone who scats all day. It's something about yeah. that language. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a language. It's a, you're, you're, you're speaking another language. And anyone that can effectively scat holds my attention. Mm. And, and this song is not an exception. Well, this song is featured on Algero's album, Breaking Away, which was released 
1981 on Warner Brother Records. And it became a standard bearer of the L.A. pop and R&B sound around that particular time. This is a very successful album for Al Jarreau. He won Grammy Awards for it. Best pop vocal performance, best jazz vocal performance, male. And it was also nominated for album of the year for that year. It hit number one on both the jazz and R&B charts featuring, gosh, so many different gems. We're in this love together. Breaking Away, of course, Roof Garden. But believe it or not, even though I thought it was released as a single, there's, there's information that states that this album, I mean, this song was only released in Netherlands, Belgium, and France. But I remember hearing it regularly here. I used to know the song. Yeah, here in the, in the States. And and the music video, there was a music video for it. So, hey, <laughs> what can you say? What do you all say about it? Tiffany? Oh, Al Jarreau. Come on, that song, you know. <laughs> you can't help but move when you hear that song. I mean, Al Jarreau, come on. I mean, in general, his abilities and his art and his contribution to music was tremendous, amongst other things that he did in his life. But it was tremendous. There's a song that Freddie Hubbard does, which I just did on this last show called Little Sunflower. And Al Jarreau sings on it. And it is, and I didn't realize it was Al Jarreau. I actually thought for a while it was a woman until I was like, this is Al Jarreau. That's crazy. So beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. Like, so, it, yeah, I'm like you. You could throw on any Al Jarreau and I'll just be up in here. Go. But that's the versatility of Al Jarreau. He could do anything. Yeah. But has anyone else noticed that Kim gives you kind of an Al Jarreau feel? I always yeah. thought that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of felt that like he's like the new Al Jarreau or, or kind of Al Jarreau light. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Still his influence on him, for sure. Definitely. He listens to Al. I'd be shocked if he said he didn't. Tiffany, are there any artists, jazz artists out there right now that still use a scat, a still scat? Oh, yeah. yeah. Singers. Like, even I did a show with Lori Williams the other day. Well, she, she hosted my show, but then I went to her show before that at City Winery, and she was scatting her face off Hampton. Go Hampton, scatting her face off. So many vocalists. I'm doing some locals here. Cleveland Jones scats his face off. If you haven't seen a Cleveland show too, I mean, ridiculous. But most, just in general, like you know, you can listen to Anita Baker. You know, Anita, mm-hmm. Anita don't break into a scat on you for your, you know, real mm-hmm. cool to do her thing. But you know, like oh, oh my gosh, Tiffany, pull her name out. Oh my goodness. Diane Reeves still does it. Diane Reeves, oh, this is a D two. No, Rochelle Pharrell. Rochelle if you Pharrell, oh she's the ultimate scatter. I'm mad at myself for not saying it. <laughs> Rochelle Pharrell. Rochelle Pharrell. Out of the world. Like, you know, she's otherworldly, like, when it comes to itself. Speaking of Rochelle Pharrell, since you brought her up, have you all seen that interview where she's singing the interview? She's not speaking. She's just singing. No, I haven't, but I'm going to no. look right after. I could totally go, see her doing it. Go on YouTube. I'll find a link and share it with you guys, but it's on YouTube. It's, it's so uplifting and touching. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it brought me to tears at one point. Mm. It, it's that. That's how deep it was to me. She did not speak a word. She sang. It was a phonetic, basically a phonetic interview. Ugh. Everything was sung. I can't wait. Yes, please share. Yes, absolutely. What's next, Cam? Well, since we were talking about my girl, Rochelle Pharrell, you're going to play No Rhyme, No Reason mm-hmm. by George Duke featuring Rochelle Pharrell. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
once again, you picked the perfect part of the song. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from George Duke, the late George Duke, from his album Snapshot, track four on Snapshot. And this was released in 1992. And what made this song the pivotal song that trans formed it from jazz to R&B was Rochelle's Pharrell voice mixed with George Dukes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me just say this. That keyboard player was going in too. Let me just honey, say Honey, honey, honey. And that's what, that's what makes it more of a jazz song is because you can hear that music playing while Rochelle Pharrell is singing, but you can hear that too. And that's mm. making sure that you, you hear the jazz in it. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember this song, and it's definitely gonna be on my playlist tonight. I'm gonna have a good time. Put it like Are you that. crying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to go listen to just yeah. Rochelle Pharrell. Did she has a song? She has a live album. You know, I love live album. I think she's in Paris. That was to Montreal. That was her in last Montreal. one. That she, that, yeah, that was the last one that she put out. As a matter of fact, and that thing, her, her. Her range mm-hmm. is ignorant. It's just ignorant. It's otherworldly. Her and Layla Hathaway had that otherworldly kind of range that you can. Layla. Yeah, Rochelle can hit notes that only dogs can hear. Ex- and that's and that, that's proven fact. Yeah. Yeah, but that way that Layla can can harmonize her own voice mm-hmm. on top um, of the Layla. Did you have you heard the Snucky Puppy rendition where she was singing this range that actually sounded like she was an alien, but it was perfect. It was like everyone in the in the studio just totally lost their mind from her doing that. Layla Hathaway. Layla Hathaway. And mm. there is also I played it before where Layla and Rochelle were on a song together. I believe it was one of it was I'm a, coming from back. Outrunners. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm coming back. It was on the Outrunner Sky album, I believe. Right. They redid I'm coming yeah. back from um, Layla's first album, and of course Rochelle and Layla together. Just gonna tear your mouth out. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not tear your mouth out. And just tear your whole mouth out. You can't talk. You just done. <laughs> wow. What's next, Kim? Next up, since we mentioned Diane Reeves mm. and scatting, we're going to go on and listen to Chan song. Mm. Never said. Always knew. Marcus, before I get into to speaking about the song, do you hear Anita Baker and Diane Reeves? You know, it's so crazy. I was just writing her name down for something that just came to pop into my mind, something I wanted to talk to 
Tiffany about, but definitely that's crazy. Yes, that's who I was thinking about because I couldn't write anything else down on, on my notes because all I could hear was Anita Baker in that song. <laughs> I'm just well, being, say that again. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I, that's all I could hear was Anita Baker. Like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just uh, inform you. So Diane Reeves, American jazz singer. This song is featured on her fourth album. However, this is when I first became aware of Diane Reeves. Her self-titled fourth album released in 1987 on Blue Note Records. The album peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Contemporary Jazz Albums Chart and at number 28 on the U.S. Billboard Top R&B and Hip Hop Albums Chart. The album was produced by George Duke and recorded at Mama Joe's and Lee Gonks West in Hollywood, California. And she literally spent six weeks at number one on the Contemporary Jazz Albums Chart with, with these releases. Now, as mentioned, George Duke was on this Herbie Hancock is on this album. She has a list. Uh, Freddie Hubbard's on there as well. She has a lot of people, like just, just top shelf people on this album. Other song that's notable from this release is Better Days. We talked about <laughs> Better Days before. But what do you all say about Never Said Chan's song? This is like one of my favorite signature vocal jazz songs. Love it. And it didn't really dawn on me that apparently Anita Baker was influenced by by her so i can definitely hear it yeah. tiffany are you familiar with diane reeves i am but better days is my song let me better days will have me crying in a car <laughs> oh my god that's what happened when we played it if we played it on an episode i think it wasn't it a mother's day episode mother's day, yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, listen we, we was all sitting up here kind of like eh, sniffing you know <laughs> ugly face crying yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I love that 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 may be one of my top songs of all time. Probably it's better days. Like I love love that song. Like it just I mean it it takes me straight to my grandma. You know what I mean? Like literally I see her, I see her right. So sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. So whenever I think Diane Reeves, I can't help but talk about better days. Like I love it had me crying. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Tiffany, I just come up with something that just popped up in my head. I want to do a quick speed round with you. I'm going to give oh, you two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you just pick one, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm picking just one thing out of what you're saying that, that, that resonates with me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ella Fitzgerald or Louis Armstrong? Louis. Anita Baker or Erica Badu? <laughs> Erica. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that one. Uh, Miles, <laughs> Miles Davis or John Coltrane? Ooh, I don't know if you put these two people together. I'm always going to choose trumpet, though. Miles Davis. All right. Hip-hop or R&B? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm gonna say hip hop. All right. Shaka Khan or Patty LaBelle? Patty. And last one. Patty. Tem- or last one. Temptations or Four Top? Absolutely. Yeah, about it. Absolutely. What do you want to talk about about my Erica Anita? Now, don't you fuss at her about Erica by Duke because they're both a vibe. I just want to know where, where her mind is. But those you don't know, Anita Baker is probably like my all-time favorite singer. I mean, point, hands down, point bank period. And you can thank your friend Kimberly because she was the one who introduced me to her. Uh, <laughs> yes. So why do you say Erica? Because we had this conversation on an episode. I think maybe been last week or the week before. Not excuse me, the last episode of the episode before that one because Erica quickly emerged as my second favorite artist to listen to. I wasn't going to quite put her above Anita, but she was running a close second. But you say you like her better than Anita, so just show your work. 
Yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I would choose Erica, uh, mostly because I I believe Erica does uh, a number of things, but I do think she does a healing music. I, l I like what Erica does sonically. I like, ooh, listen, I love Anita. Let's not get it twisted. I grew up on Anita, okay? We, you know, folks are trying to sing her in high school. Let's give them, you know, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, mm-mm, girl, no, right? That was, you know, what it was. But if I had to choose between if I never heard them before, would I be hurt? I would be hurt if I had never heard Erica Badu before. Like I would I would want that addition of that everything about her in my life. That's an unfair comparison, Marcus. I know it's unfair because <laughs> it's a vibe thing. You can yeah. love two artists at the same time, but mm -hmm. I think Erica has this vibe that kind of resonates with people a little bit more. Where Anita is a little bit older school, but you right. still love her. Right. But with Erica comes that whole performance part of it too. She's a performer yeah. and she delivers live performances, and it comes across. Partially when she records, but just uh, the totality of Erica Badu, if you compare it to Anita Baker, Anita Baker's a force within her own right, but there's no comparison when it comes Erica. to the live. Yeah, right. Exactly. When it comes to like the, the live yeah. performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my favorite concerts I've ever seen was Erica Badu and Joy, actually. Erica Badu and Joy. Ooh, Joy. Oh. Yeah. Joy is good. What happened to her? Joy's been in California living her best life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for that, Tiffany. No problem, no problem. All right, what's next, Cam? We're going to go to some foreplay after the dance. Yes. Oh, I thought to myself She was so So that is from the group Foreplay with their album Foreplay that was released in 1991. And this is featuring who? Elder Barge. Of course, you better know that voice. <laughs> but whose song was this first? Marvin Gaye. You better know it. <laughs> yep. I, I thought we were going to play that. I want I know. You. I know. That, that's my part. Did I cut that part out? I guess you I did. did. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, definitely a wonderful, wonderful, soothing, healing song, say the mm. least. I mean, what can you say? I mean, just the instruments and the the whole vibe of it is just takes you to a, just a whole nother place. This whole episode is taking me to a whole nother place. Jazz is quickly becoming one of my favorite new genres that I love so much. And it has nothing to do with you, Tiffany. It, you <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. It has everything to do with <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, um, there, there's so many artists, so many different. It's with jazz. It just there's so many different. What's the word that I'm looking for? There's so many different elements that you can add and just kind of play with it, and just it just sounds so wonderful. Yeah. To say the least, it really is. And I'm um, really starting to hear how they differentiate from R&B because they, I think they bring up the music a little bit more so you can actually hear the instruments mm -hmm. along with the voice. I really yeah. didn't hear that. All right. 
Right. Yeah. I was going to say uh, to your point around that is that jazz is one of the, you know, first kind of, I guess, contemporary sounding art forms that really showcases the instrument, you know, really like, you know, above, above the voice sometimes, most times. Right. So, you know, I think that's that's a huge thing because oftentimes you feel like you got to have a vocal or you got to have a certain thing on a, on a song to sound good. You know, one of my things, is there, there's songs that I do have vocals on it, but one of my things is definitely to highlight, highlight the instrument. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's next, Kim? Next up is Hugh Masakala, Grazing in the Grass. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That was music from South of South African born trumpeter Hugh Masekula. Am I saying that right? I hope. I pretty got I am. I probably messed it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Masekula, I thought. Masekula, yeah. Okay. I was like, what yeah. up? Raising in the grass. Sing with me, Byron. I can nigga, shake, nigga, shake, nigga, shake. That was. That was, this was released back in 1968 from the album The Promise of a Future. It followed Herb Albert's vocal performance of The Guy Is Home with to the Top of the Hot 100, reached number 15 on the Adult Contemporary. This particular recording was inducted to the Grammy Hall of Fame back in 2018. And of course, Friends of Distinction came out with a vocal performance of this song in 1969. I just love the song, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I love the And there was no way we were going to have this episode when we said jazz. That was a, This was the first song. That came played, to on, my played on every jazz, <laughs> kind of every jazz radio station. Anything that's formatted for jazz, you're gonna hear this song. Right, yes. and and it's and it's like used as samples and commercials and everything. Like this is a very very popular popular song. Which brings up a point: a lot of this music is timeless. A lot of this instrumental music sounds so timeless to me. You would not know that this was made way back in what the sixties. Mm-hmm. 68 69 yeah mm-hmm. in the 60s because it because sounds a lot like of, i'm sorry because a lot of this jazz was ahead of its time mm. yeah. yeah this is this is an absolute gem in the jazz community to say the least now when you're when you're doing your thing tiffany did you study you not in i was exposed to him in college so not in high school but in college is when you know college you you, you get a little bit of perspective of almost everything so i was exposed to him in college along with just kind of world music phalas you know just kind of world music inspirational kind of people so yeah a little aside we talked about mangion earlier and we just talked about albert i don't know if you guys know that those are the two people who made a m records oh which yeah was- Albert and Mangion. I didn't realize that Mangion was part of A&M. I knew Herb Albert. I knew it was his label, but I didn't realize that Mangion was... He's the M. 
He's Mangione. Okay. It's the M. Alfred and Mangione. A and M Records. Wow. Yeah, now, yeah, now, did duh. Did I, 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 I mean, didn't I didn't even yeah. put that together. Yeah, thank you for that. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a great is, label. Is that label still around? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, that's that's instrumental for bringing Janet to the forefront. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That little song it did. What yeah. was that song? Yeah. They did Diamonds, but her first, album, diamonds. Her first two albums Got were on A and M. Cece Pennison was on A and M, so a lot mm-hmm. of great artists came through A and M. Yeah, I'm almost positive because I looked at that that A and M no longer exists. But yeah, that's what I was like, oh, you know, I thought about that when you said Alpha. I said, oh, yeah, that's A and M. And I drop another gem. They had an import imprint A M P M that was very instrumental in a lot of the underground house music sounds that we heard in the, in the clubs. Anything from AMPM, I was scooping up. I was paying double for it because it was an import, but you knew you were going to have like the best mixes, the house mixes. Nice. Yeah. Come on. Mm. What's next, Kim? Next up is some Najee, Just an Illusion. Mm. Come on. I know in a matter of time, it all will come through. And I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. That was Najee, mm-hmm. one of the jazz artists of our time. It was just an illusion. This was released back in 1992. Reached number five on the temporary jazz albums on the Billboard 200 and number 107. And on the R&B charts at number 25. And I remember this song. Let me tell you how I remember this. It's crazy how my mind works. There's certain things, certain tidbits just stick in my head. And I don't know why they stay there. But the, this particular tidbit must have stayed in my head for over 30 years for this particular moment. I remember the Soul Train Awards back when Luther was alive. And he and somebody else, they were presenting for the best jazz album. And when they said... when. And the winner is Luther was like just an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> and was, I don't know why that particular moment stuck in my head for the rest of my life, but but that's how I know this song. Najee, just an illusion. What do you guys say? What can you say? It's Najee. Come on, that's what I was <laughs> Yeah, I I first started enjoying Najee's music with Tokyo Blue. That was the, mm, I think that was the album Blue. right before this one. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. No, he's special. He's special. And he ushered in that moment of contemporary jazz. Like he's one of the, I would say, one of the kind of forefathers of that that moment in times um, was, was Najee and, and his music. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we loved him. Like it was like, oh, you know, he was one of the people, too, who kind of started crossing those barriers. Like you started hearing some of his song on like R&B right. stuff, you're like, you know, and you're like, okay. Cruise control, cruise control. They they would just play cruise control on the radio all the time when it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Najee is a was a heavy hit in the in the jazz department. And again, big shout out to him and his contributions, not just to jazz, but this this also has a an R and B feel to it. You know, mm-hmm. his, his voice is very soothing. His voice is very melodic. You know, and just with the the horns in the background, the saxophones, it's just a, just a great vibe in itself. 
and I definitely love it. Now, Tiffany, I want to ask you a question before we before we go next. We know that you're a, a great trumpetiste. That <laughs> I said it right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you sing at all? <laughs> Do you so sing at all? yes and no. Okay. It depends on the day. It depends on how many drinks, Lord. But I have been known, like, depending on the show, that I might sing a ditty or two. Now, I am by far not a singer. But there are times when the light hits right and God smiles on me. <laughs> that I could pass for doing a little something. People be like, okay, I can know you sing. I said, not really. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a thing. But, but yeah, so I think if I probably took lessons and stuff, I may could do a little something or another. But, no, I would say I'm not a singer. But from time to time, God swings at me. And I go, okay, I got you. Here I go. <laughs> now, Tiffany, I, I have a question. Is it something in the jazz genre where they want to cross over into R&B? Is that something that they're striving to do? Or is it just pretty much all about the vibe? And if it crosses over, it crosses over. I think it depends on the artist. For instance, a Masigo. Mm -hmm. I think his, his desire is to be those two things. To be in those two worlds, jazz and R&B. And I think he does a brilliant job at it. I really enjoy it. And, and, and Afrobeat Caribbean music too. Like he, he, he does these three things pretty beautifully as a nice little, but you know, like I said, you, you go to your, your truest, like, like a Wynton Marcellus and he's like, no, no, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I, why? Right? Because traditional jazz players can become quite a ugh, lack of better Stops. words in nature. <laughs> And so uh, they're going to be like, why would I <laughs> lower myself I to play this music, me. you know? So I think a lot of them know, you know what I mean? And I think in, in the in the truest form, you know, going back to my, my call of, of duty is in, be you, you know what I mean? And, and whatever, you know, you know, whoever resonates to you is, is what it is. So, you know, don't try to be anything, you know. It's interesting with my music. I, I didn't, but it's interesting who all, who it resonates with, you know. Mm -hmm. Old and young alike, you know, just whatever. <laughs> I think yeah, some artists, actually, I think, I'm sorry, Kim. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think some artists, they skate that line. I think deep down inside, they want that success, but they don't want what comes with that success. They don't want their their artistry or their their art to be tainted by that label that you've arrived, that you've crossed yeah. over to the pop or whatever like that. So I think it's probably something that everyone wants that type of success, but they just don't want the notoriety that comes along with that, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I also feel like influences come from many different directions. So they may be influenced by hip hop and R and B and it may come out in their jazz. And yeah. they can't help that. And if, yeah. if it sounds a little R and B. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's dope. Like for me, I think that's what it is. I think that's what music is. You know, I'm an amalgamation of so many different things, so many different influences, like I said earlier, that I love when those things come out in my music. You know, I think that's what it is. It's a, music is a conversation. And if I'm not talking to all the different pieces of me, what am I doing? Now I shouldn't be like, no, I'm not going to do any R and B because I'm a jazz artist. You know, it's like, ah, I'm just come on now. Me. And if it comes out that way, oh well. <laughs> it comes out that way and you love it, 
You know? I think back in the day, people were boxed in, but now there's just so much out there. It doesn't make sense to stay boxed in. Just do what you feel. It's just do what you feel. And don't listen to anybody. I think that becomes a thing. Like, you know, somebody's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't care what you got to say. I'm doing my thing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What's next, Kim? Next up, some Samara Joy. You ready? You ready? Oh, boy. This is where it's get good. <laughs> I had to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away, I couldn't fight it. I hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me it isn't over. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you too. Don't forget me, I begged. I remember you said, sometimes it lasts in love, but sometimes it hurts instead. Old soul right there. Yeah, she told that up. Isn't oh that a dull song? Old soul. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> go on and sit down, Adele. Go go over in that corner and sit down. I, I right know, there. right? Because I was like, isn't that Adele? But she just tore it up. She took it. She just took it and 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 just embraced it and she made enjoyed it. Hers. it. <laughs> uh, I uh, the reason why I look the way I look like I'm kind of sleepy right now is because I've been Binge listening to Samara Joy all night long. Big shout out to my friend Keith. I was a big jazz head. He was the one who introduced me to her last week at church. And he said, look, man, you got to listen to Samara Joy. You got to listen to Samara Joy. And so I did. And I've been hooked. 23-year-old Samara Joy. That was someone like you from her Linger A While album. This has been a big year for Miss Samara Joy, to say the least. She won a couple of Grammys back here. Uh, the best jazz album and just uh, jazz artist, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. won a couple. She won a couple. Best new she, artist, which was I think, I think mm-hmm. which, which is bizarre because she had already been out for a minute. For a minute, yeah. but but I, they were new to them. Yeah, yeah, similar to what Esperanza Spalding, how she won because she was best new artist, but she had already been, been out, out too. But she, she beat Justin Bieber. But anyway, go ahead, Marcus. But yeah, but uh, she comes from royalty. Her grandfather, you may know. Came first runner up to one of the great gospel artists, Miss Leandria Johnson, the mm-hmm. third of Sunday Best, Elder Goldwire McClendon. It's her grandfather. I remember him. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, like 79 years old, 79, 80 years old on Sunday Best. That, that's her grandfather. But what did it for me, this young lady, how she's able to sing and enunciate every word mm. that she's thinking. I mean, she's such an old soul. You can hear some of Ella. You Ella. Can hear you can hear Mahalia Jackson. You can, mm. you can hear Sarah Vaughn. You can hear some of anybody that you can think of. You can hear her in her voice. She just has one of the most distinct voices that I've ever heard in all of my life. And she is like, if Anita's first and Erica's second, she's third now. Mm. Mm. I feel you. Right. He's, right. he's third. She's bad in a good way. Yeah. I mean, bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But no, yes, Samara Joy, tremendous, right? 
She's ridiculous. Like I, I was introduced to her from my brother, who has her all her albums on vinyl upstairs. That's how much he loves her, and I think she signed one of them. And just a really great story of somebody who was just kind of like doing her thing on a pandemic, did a video and blew up. Right, like they found her from her doing a video on Instagram. That's how they found her, and then like from there she just became this tremendous thing. But her voice is that of absolutely the ancestors and she her diversity like she could do anything she could sing anything let's be clear she could go sing anything i would listen i would definitely listen absolutely yeah she could sing anything but her ability to, so i don't think everybody can sing jazz right like like her ability to sing jazz though yeah yeah got another one called sweet pumpkin i i it, it's that's definitely another one that really had me on cloud nine last yeah. night this this young lady is destined for greatness there's no way no way no way she's not gonna be great she's her voice herself is just it's, it's exactly it's just unreal it's just unreal unlike anything i've ever seen heard i mean we've heard artists we hear the different artists in her but however for her to take all those different voices and mention them become one is just unreal unreal yeah. Now she's destined to be in history. Like she's gonna be in jazz history, I believe. They'll be striving to sound like Samara. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. Most okay. definitely. Most definitely. What's next, Cam? Next up, Manhattan Transfer. Oh, Manhattan <laughs> Transfer. <laughs> I know. Manhattan Transfer. Y'all ain't gonna sit here and tell me I don't hear a fifth dimension. Would mm -hmm. you like fly in my beautiful balloon? Y'all mm -hmm. don't hear that? I hear it. I hear okay, it. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I hear it. Only because I know Birdland so well. I'm like, sorry, Birdland I'm... is such a song. Mm -hmm. Such a staple song in jazz. Woo! That, that, that <laughs> was you, Byron. That song was you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, look, listen, I've been a fan of Manhattan Transfer since a boy from New York City. Yeah. I heard that. And, and then that just forced me to go back and then continue forward with them. Just just amazing. Just amazing. Their catalog is massive. Yeah. You, it's tremendous. Because didn't you have So You Say in one of our previous mm -hmm. episodes mm -hmm. um, with Manhattan Transfer? And when you did that, I was like, I forgot how good they were. Yeah. No, they're really, really good. They can sing anything. And I think they're on tour right now. Uh-oh. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. But to what Marcus is saying, we're not saying that Birdland sounds like <laughs> that song, but I could kind of hear the voices are somewhat similar to Fifth uh, Dimension. That's what we're saying, right? Oh, Marcus? Fifth Dimension? Fifth Dimension. Birdland. I mean, come on. Like, that's just a, such a staple song. And, and so many people have done it. I love Manhattan Transfer. Manhattan Transfer was one of the first people who. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely white people in jazz. I think growing up with a bunch of black male 
role model trumpet players. Mm-hmm. They weren't about it. They weren't about <laughs> it. <laughs> they weren't. They be like, who is this? playing this instrument and they were like they weren't about it so manhattan transfer was one of the first groups i saw that i was like okay these people grooving now hold on because yeah they weren't about it yeah because this song birdland has a long long history and i'll just go right into speaking about manhattan transfer and we can just talk about the song birdland so this song is featured on manhattan transfer's fifth album extensions which was released in 1979 on atlantic records it marked a new era for the group the album was the first one featuring cheryl benteen who replaced laurel Massey in 1979 and it was also their first album with jay graydon in the producer's chair and their first to contain songs that were hits in both jazz and pop categories so that's when we started hearing them crossover you remember the song twilight zone that they released but birdland was their most popular track which was originally done by weather report and it won a grammy award for best jazz fusion performance in 1981 and john hendrix wrote the lyrics for the vocalese version on the album with janice siegel seagal or siegel she received the grammy for vocal arrangement of birdland that year what do you all say about that song i love it i love it Love it, love it, love it. Love I haven't it. heard Manhattan Transfer in so long. So mm-hmm. when you bring them up and, and we start listening to their music, it just takes me back to those days. And mm-hmm. yeah, good pick, Byron. Oh, thank you. Great pick, Byron, to say the least. Thanks. This song was just so you. I mean, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I received that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Birdland is so great. Like it's it's been covered by so many people. Didn't Quincy Jones did it with uh, Tevin Campbell? Tevin Campbell, yeah. Right. Um, so many people have done it. Of course, Charlie Bird's dedication. If I, I'm pretty positive, I'm right. To him was the mm-hmm. Birdland song, and then there was the the place as well. I adore this song. Like it's to me, it's like it's it's one of the standards, if you will. Like when people talk about jazz standard songs that people might play, like a you know, Miles Davis, So What, or uh, uh, Naima by uh, John Coltrane or something. Mm-hmm. Like like you, you would think of Birdland. Like, oh yeah, this is a standard. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Birdland. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? We're at our last song. Wow. It must be great. What is this, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> you know I wasn't going to do a jazz episode without Robert Glasper. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Come on. And this is featured. Who is Robert Glasper? I'm joking. Oh, I had to talk that. about that. Who that We're is? Who that talk is? We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Robert Glasper featuring Erica Badu. Afro. Yes. Afro. Yes. Afro Blue. Dancing Quick, Kim, before you get into the uh, uh-huh. Tiffany, you had this kind of stare 
as the song was playing. Was there a sound popping up in your head or something? Did you hear something? No, I just went into the song. Just went and just jumped. I'm floating around into the music sonically. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this song does, honey. Yeah. But this I love my, this album. I know. I love the, yeah. this. This is my favorite black radio album. Yeah. This is from Robert Glasper. Grammy Award winning Robert Glasper, <laughs> mind you. And this is from his Black Radio 1, released in 2012, featuring Erica Badu. Recently won a Grammy over Chris Brown, who asked, who was Robert Glasper? How about this? Mm. If you know good, good music, you know who Robert Glasper is. Yeah, <laughs> poor Chris. <laughs> Virginia, I like Chris. Yeah, oh poor Chris Brown. He cannot catch a break. I swear. I was like, slap that phone out his hand. Somebody take the phone. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know you don't have any wiggle room, bro. Stop. They still hold. That's all you gotta do. Shut up. That's all you gotta do. Lordy B. Yes. But I love this album. Let me just say, so this album and Esperanza Spalding's album, Radio, both came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure did. I kept those two albums on play, period. Like, I was just literally, boom, those are great. But Robert Glasper, hats off, like, just what he's done for jazz, for the evolution of jazz, right? Going back full circle to Miles Davis saying the whole thing about if it sounds the same, he would be disappointed. He would look at Robert Glasper and say yes. Yes, this is what it should be doing. It should be moving. It should be, you know, exploring, you know, different genres, bringing people together, all of that good stuff. Like, I love I love Robert Glasper and his music. And anytime I have a couple songs, people be like, this is very Robert Glasper-like. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God. Like, I love it. Yeah, I think Robert Glasper is easily becoming the next Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're on the third installment of this experiment type of thing that he's been doing with the different artists, and I just sit on my chair waiting for more to come. Exactly, because yeah, he's gonna work with next? Even though Black Radio One is my favorite, Black Radio mm-hmm. Two is my daughter's favorite, and Black Radio Three, mm-hmm. I mean, just won a Grammy. Come on now, mm-hmm. <laughs> won a Grammy. I mean, yeah, he just worked with one of my brothers from another mother, a uh, gentleman by the name of Amir Suleiman, and they just did an album together, and Robert Glasper produced it. Robert is a, he's just a, a dope, like, down-to-earth guy. Like, there are a lot of people, musicians who I know who just know him. You know, they're just like, yeah, Robert, you know, he's really, really cool. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Somebody who wasn't on here that y'all should check out who's a new age guy is Kamasi Washington. If you haven't hit, heard Kamasi, check him out. Kamasi Washington. Kamasi Washington. This goes back to what we were saying about crossing over. I believe what he's doing is showing that it's okay to be steeped in jazz, but show your influences in hip hop and R&B and just meld it all together. And it works. It worked. So guys, we've come to the end of another wonderful podcast. We want to thank our very special guest, Miss Tiffany Good. But before we get out of here, Tiffany, want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know how they can follow you up there. And if there are any up and coming albums that we need to look out for, 
know, all that good, good stuff. You no, know, just just bird out. Ah, okay, awesome. You can find me on social media, Instagram with Life's Good, L-I-F-E-S-G-O-O-D-E. -E. That's also my Twitter handle. Facebook, Tiffany Good with the E on the end. And my website is Good Stuff, G-O-O-D-E. I always have to tell people, just make sure you know. Goodstuff.net is my website, which will tell you like upcoming dates or what's going on with me and, you know, anything like that. It's kind of like, you know, my EPK, a little bit more than that type of thing, if you will. All my music is on all platforms, streaming platforms, you know, and, and purchase platforms. Also, if you are old school like me and you want a CD, holla at me. TiffanyGood at gmail.com. That's simple. And, and we can hook that up. So, But you also can order one off my website. So, absolutely. That is I. She is I. I am her. Any new music coming up? So, we're thinking fall, winterish. Fall <laughs> okay. winterish. All right. Tiffany Good on the Good Good. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I did. I had to come on because I was telling you guys that one of my stage names, my stage name in my reggae band is Good Good. So I was like, oh, come on. This is a no brainer. Yes. You got to have Good Good on Good Good. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you so much, you so much for it's having such a me. Pleasure. And I, such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I enjoyed talking about music. Like, this is a beautiful way to start my day. Come on. Absolutely. So, guys, make sure you follow us on the We've Got the Good Good Experience podcast Facebook page. Also, for the guys, people in Bainbridge, Georgia, you listen to us on the Good Good Experience radio show on 1 o'clock p.m. on WKOD LPFM 92.7 in Bainbridge. And also, you can follow this podcast on all streaming platforms, wherever you find your podcast. We're there. we got the Good Good Experience. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, don't be just good. Be good, good to each other. My good, good family. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>